0: And welcome to another episode of women and leadership podcast this is episode 99 brought to you by podcasting with purpose helping you to stand out be heard and become that influential voice in your industry i'm your host Anne marie cross the podcasting queen my guest today says be curious Forgiving and authentic. Start with yourself and your inner monologue, as it will be then the filter in how you treat everyone else. So very important and relevant to relevant to what we're going to talk today. And joining me on today's show is Vanessa Ronan Pierce. Now, Vanessa is a commercially minded brand evangelist with a passion for the human connection behind business with over 15 years experience working with global thought leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. Now, Lisa is an architect. Vanessa is an architect of innovation who has built communities and advanced industries in fintech, technology, financial services, media and startups. Now on today's show she is going to share no matter what technological advancements are promoted to improve our lives, human interactions and relationships they are the most valuable things that we have so be mindful of that we're also going to talk about that we are on the precipice of a massive paradigm shift where the majority of the world's population can see that emotional resilience and emotional intelligence are the true backbone of existence relationships works AI and machine learning and we're also going to talk about recognizing that we're all creative in some way and so much more. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You are so very welcome. You've got such a diverse um, area of expertise. Uh, I'd love for you to just um, share with us your journey, if you will, a snapshot overview of how you got into doing what you're doing and, and obviously now using your expertise and passion across a number of different industries. But how did it all start out?
1: Well, I've I've been lucky enough uh, recently to have been asked that question. I said, well, I started off as a dancer. I was a performer in a previous life, so I feel like I've had two completely separate careers. I was a professional singer-dancer, ran a studio, uh, toured with phenomenally uh, talented musicians and, and ended up getting kind of into the backstage side of things, so production and stage management and then helped put on some shows and then kind of wow. fell into events and then fell into marketing and then fell into finance. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd always had an interest for economics and um, studied economics all the way through school. And even when I was uh, working in the UK, uh, my boss uh, saw that I was interested. So it got me to do my investment management certificate, which was oh, 15 years ago. And my uh, second job in London was working at Commerzbank, which is a giant German bank. and yeah. so international trade and finance uh, became very interesting even yeah. though it was very far away from where I began my career and now with the advent of technology being infiltrating every part of our yeah. business it's really fascinating to see that there's this value now based on creativity which yeah. is where I originally came from so for these worlds to be coming closer and closer together for me is really exciting because yes. it's what I've always hoped yes. would
0: happen you know what's really interesting when you speak to someone who's had diverse exper- experience and obviously has a wealth of and depth of knowledge often there's a, a link and for, for you it sounds as if it's that creativity and it is interesting and often we come full circle we realize when at the onset it may not sense that you we are going from one thing to another there is that that tie and now of course being able to use that creativity in what you do. And I think, as, as we said in the introduction, and we're going to dive into this more deeply, with a lot of these advancements, we've got to recognise that we're still dealing with humans, still interacting with humans, mm. and we need to, to look into, you know, how can we ensure that with the adoption of some of these technological advancements, that we still keep relationships first and foremost, as being valuable. So share a little bit more of some insights around this. What can we learn in in this area?
1: I think some of the articles that I've seen recently that just reinforce this for me are, I remember when the article came out and there was accusations that people were saying, oh, Google's uh, algorithms are uh, all evil. It's like, hang on, it didn't program itself. You know, we programmed it and it's all of those unconscious bias that we're not looking at. And mm. uh, there's a female founder startup working in AI and machine learning called Katrina Wallace, who founded Flamingo AI, who is phenomenally intelligent and very passionate about uncovering unconscious bias in coding, wow. which is a big passion of mine, because you know she makes a clear statement that the people who are doing all the coding are 20 to 35-year-old white men, yes. and that lens, when they're, developing the code for computers will influence the outcomes that we see and negatively influence women, negatively influence uh, other races, Mm. um, and even has parent ageism. So it's very interesting that we should be creating the digital landscape to to force us to improve, not to just reflect the current world that we're in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another Australian founder who's actually based overseas, Katrina Dow, who's very passionate about digital identity, also says this. She says, you know, our online platform shouldn't shouldn't just be a reflection of where we're at. Like that's mm. that's setting the bar really low. We should be able to have a conversation with a group of diverse people and ask what our ideal outcome is mm-hmm. and start programming our computer to start to reflect that. So it makes us act better
0: yes. and behave better. Yeah, so, so true. It's interesting because when you look at, um, you know, AI technology and, and some of the movies that you've seen and, and where robots are used and they communicate with an adult um, or a human being, I should say, you know, there is something in communications where when you think of how are we are going to program this? Because there's sometimes there's situations that you don't want to say something, even though it may be very much the truth. It could be construed as, as being, you know, quite offensive so I wonder I mean mm. in the future is there AI that that will be developed to be able to recognize these nuances and then make it the the, the kind of right decision which I guess is really human nature which we process something and think now what is the right choice I mean this is obviously the logical right choice but there's other things going on in a, in a relationship here too and I I ask that because sometimes when I see automatic automated messages and so forth I tried one once and the response I got was completely different to the answer that, that I received and so you wonder in some of these automated and AI and, and message bots and so forth whether they it will increase in being able to almost foresee what someone is asking and, and select the right question is that does that make sense in my in my question absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that there are there are
1: programs that are already doing that there yeah. are um, um, artificial intelligence um, Intelligent assistants, and I had a AI assistant for a while that was yeah. more polite than I am. So it <laughs> was having these really lovely, friendly. I'm like, oh God, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm, I'm blunt in emails. Yeah. Like my face-to-face communication is where the warmth is. The digital interaction is like tomorrow too. Yes, yeah. But the the AI was like, have a nice day. how is <laughs> your weekend?
0: Like, what? Uh, yeah. And yeah. then there
1: are other AI programs that um are working with telemarketers. And they're picking up cadence or words or tone in someone's voice, and putting up a script to the to the telemarketer to say this person is not happy. Huh. Try using this language, and so I give them a prompt to um if they're not recognising that there's something wrong with the person because they're so focused on what they're doing. I think that's yes. both interesting and terrifying at yeah. the same <laughs> time
0: yeah amazing and I think it's it's it it, these technologies are really fantastic but how can we use them to um, enhance and add value to the relationship I think sometimes as businesses we tend to adopt some of these technologies to make it easier for us but as we know we talk about customer experience and ultimately we need to ask ourselves from a business point of view it may be easier and more proficient for us and more efficient but is it adding value is it really keeping the relationship first and foremost as you said and and the the interaction being the most valuable thing we have and in some instances uh, a person or or someone who was able to process maybe depending you might have a customer relationship staff person who you think you're out And this AI is in because she's far more or he's far more, um, yeah, polite to people. But that's something. So what are some things that you might say to someone who's thinking about adopting some of these technological advancements? Be mindful when you do. Here are two or three things that we need to consider that you run through to make sure that this is the best choice for our business.
1: Well, I think before even wondering whether or not to implement it or use it, make sure your own... own house is clean first yeah. and that means look at the reasons why you're running the business look at the look at to make sure that all of your core values are uh, being embraced and lived by yourself and the staff um, because the ai is just going to reflect where you're at so yeah. it's not going to improve the business but it's a big cost outlay invest the money first um, to re-establishing making sure that your staff are are engaged and interacting the right way that everything is on track and then see what can enhance their experience first and then your customers' experience. So make it your first customer being your staff and then the second customer being external
0: yeah I love that and it's so often we do it the other way around we don't consider that and the issues that we were trying perhaps to overcome really required first some deep soul-searching right what do we need to do to really enhance our business from, from the ground up let's talk about uh, the, we're on the precip- precipice of a massive paradigm shift you say where a majority of the world's population are starting to see that emotional resilience and emotional intelligence are the true backbone of existence this is so true share some more around this
1: i think it's twofold i think i'm both uh happy and a little frustrated with the mindfulness movement i think (laughs) and it's coming at the same time as the the fight for gender equity and gender equality within the workforce and within society as a whole Mm. um because you know women Generally, have always put emotions first, and that is our nature. Yes. We are very mindful; we're very thoughtful about how we interact with people. We're constantly thinking about the other person. So, for this um, mindful movement to be happening is uh, great, and also a little frustrating because I feel like it's it's second nature for us. It's just part of who we are intrinsically as women, and men are going, "Oh, mindfulness is amazing." <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you put up. let's get on with it now and be authentic (laughs) and do you know that self-reflection that women just do naturally yes um and i think that particularly as technology is as i mentioned before becoming so much more integrated and there's parts of our life now that we don't even realize is already supported by AI and machine learning um getting our emotional wellness sorted out and building our emotional resilience is going to help us as human beings understand how to better leverage the technology that's coming our way Mm -hmm. and also influence the technology to make sure it's it's helping us rather than adding another layer of complexity that's just going to make us more stressed and more busy.
0: Yes, yeah. So I think
1: that emotional awareness, resilience and authenticity is Mm -hmm. a focus on so many levels. You know, there's, uh, having gone from startup recently, now I'm working with multinationals, there are a lot of them that are rolling out mindfulness programs and I love that because if It is the backbone as a human being that we need to have. Yeah. And it also makes for a better, healthier business, Mm -hmm. which makes for a better and healthier person. So this is, you know perpetual loop.
0: Yes. But a good one that's really enhancing as you say you know as you're talking about you know stress and technology and so forth it's interesting I'm not not sure if you've heard of I'm sure you have the neurologist or the neuroscientist Dr Carolyn Leaf and she talks very much about you know how the mind and the human brain really works it's a fascinating uh, muscle I think it's a muscle isn't it the brain but one of the things that she was (laughs) saying you know we are so switched on to our devices and so much information is being bombarded that often a lot of stress and anxiety is caused because our brain can never rest or we never give it an opportunity yes. to rest. She's saying one of the best things that we can do every day for 15 or 16 minutes, if I recall correctly, is just to sit and do nothing. But the analogy she gave was imagine a lot of puzzle pieces and each piece of that puzzle is a piece of information, data that's being input into the brain. Now, if you never give the brain Time to settle and rest. Those pieces of a puzzle can't fit together and then make bigger pictures. They're always being, you know, spinning around. And how often did we used to go for a walk and just stare off into nature? We don't tend to do that anymore. So I wonder if some of these AI tools, the the reminders and so forth, says right now, switch me off for 16 minutes and just go and grab a coffee and just stare off in into space, kind of thing. It's true, isn't it? We are on and connected and input yes. consistently, aren't we?
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we try and even just turn the internet off, off at home.
0: Yes. Occasionally,
1: just so that it's not even on in the house. That that kind of digital connection, even if you're not looking at it, is still present. Yeah. So you're getting out into nature um, and, as you said, just disconnecting. Yeah, yeah. For at least 10 minutes. That yeah. makes such a big difference. And it is that settling and just breathing, being yes. reconnected to so yes. your body and your breath.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I had to do, Vanessa, is turn off the notifications because anytime you hear a little ding, you sit there and you go, no, I'm not going to look. I wonder who it was. and like, I might as well go and have a look at that. So there's different things that we can do during our day to to not uh, allow the technology to rule us, but rather we uh, overrule, if you will, and use the technology to, to benefit our day. When we're thinking about creating that emotional resistance and emotional intelligence as women who are leaders in our business often you know it's top down so we need to model what we want for our for our staff and and obviously those key stakeholders in our business what are some things that you may see being done really well by some women in leadership roles that is contributing to their team and and staff's increase in their resilience emotionally and obviously the intelligence too because there's a lot of dynamics happening on in, in the workplace consistently so what are you seeing that's working really well oh, I think that's a hard question I think
1: some things work and some things don't work um, because of how it's being received so right. part of it is is juggling um, a, a way to approach things with yes. then the resistance that you get when you're faced I think the resilience is just don't give up there are going to be resistance uh, I was talking to another startup founder who um, is struggling to get, not buy-in, but um, support from some of the other, and, sh- and she did say it's predominantly men who are resisting the, her vision for the future, yes. and part of it is, um, I believe that bo- both the uh, typical structures for male and females at the moment is changing, yeah. they're shifting, and they have to, you can't just lift one up without the structure of the other one having to change mm. so men are having to be softer and more open and more receptive and put more value into being a caretaker and a caregiver um, and even changing the roles of parenting mm. if my husband has a very high powered job then we have kids together and I insist that we co-parent so he has to take time off as well if mm. anything comes up with the school the school has to ring my husband just as much as they ring yeah, me in are yeah. little shifts
0: yeah
1: within um, a business organisation as well as a home organisation, yes. and I think that some of the leaders who I really respect, I'm going to talk about Katrina Wallace again. She's one of my favourite humans at the moment. She's built a an international startup focusing on machine learning and AI for finance, and uh, she makes sure that she has uh, gender equity as much as possible. I think she has 47% female workforce within her organisation. Uh, she also creates a flexible workplace environment for for everybody. Mm. And she's also really, now, that's the kind of person that I like. Yes. <laughs> Anyone who you ask will definitely tell you that I uh, am a more of a sledgehammer than a, a feather duster. So um, I like people who just kind of push through regardless. Yeah. And if there's any criticisms thrown at them, they kind of own it and go, yes, I am. And it's the way I get things done.
0: Yeah, I like so that.
1: there's uh, a martial arts term in the way that, they say, you know, if there's a punch coming towards you, don't fight it, actually take it with you and then shift the, yeah. the energy away in a different direction. Yeah. So I like that from the leadership.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think so too. I think for, for so long women and... and there's some studies that have been shown that uh, even though women in, in business is one of the fastest growing sectors, there are many women who really never reach their full potential, whatever that is, but, but certainly can play bigger, um, take bigger risk and so forth because of the fact that they're, fa- they're fearing of failure or their fear of failure is so great and also their risk too. And let's face it, as, as you've alluded to, uh, a lot of the industries now are quite male-dominated. So we need to really step forward and have a level of self-confidence that even when we are finding that some of the conversations are not as conducive as what we would hope that we have to have such a strong vision and know where we're going and be supported by a small group of people that that does not sway us or deter us from just continuing uh, to get out there. I think you made a really
1: important point then about Make, making sure you've got a supportive community yeah. I went to the launch of Kind, which is a book by um, I have no vested or financial interest in this book it's just great people yeah. um, <laughs> Catherine Fox and Kirsten Ferguson and one of the things they said was you know if you're in a meeting and you get shot down a lot make sure that you talk to the women who are in your group yeah. or in your peer group beforehand and make sure that they're ready to put their hand up and go that's a great idea yes <laughs> and build this kind of level of groundswell for support for these ideas within the organisation. I thought that was a fantastic yeah. idea. We've started doing it here and it seems to work quite well.
0: Yeah, or you just do, you know what, you just talk over, actually, no, let's just talk about that. And there are some great ways that you can do some brainstorming. on so what is the reason for that? I don't know, maybe I, I, I just talk louder. And over the top with people. <laughs> it's just something I do, but I do it with a bit of humour. I mean, I think sometimes this is where we need to, you know, as women, we, we are really um, great at being able, like, especially when you think of our children, we have to influence our kids to eat vegetables for goodness sake. And if we can do that and get them to the clean our room seriously... You know, we can also do that within the boardroom as well. But it's so true. But I think Not it's that sure. mindset, isn't it? Knowing, you know, what I have a voice and I would like to contribute. We can brainstorm. Maybe you can take my idea and let's make it even better. Um, but don't be talking over me because I'll just smile and continue talking. And then I think when we do that approach, then we, you know, we we don't then feel and. That we have to, to talk down and or not be heard. I think that's important. I think anyway, that's my my view. Let's talk about recognizing that we are all creative in some way. I often have to laugh at people. Oh no, I'm not a creative person. Uh, share a little bit more about this because I love the way you said. You know what? In some way, we are cre- creative.
1: Absolutely. Um, oh, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. Like, oh, I'm not creative at all. I'm like, you are. I mean, we're all put, the way we get up and put our clothes on in the morning. There's a level of creativity in that. How we yeah. Put our homes, and you know, I can see in the background there your beautiful flowers, and how everything's been arranged on the tabletop there is very creative and um. <laughs> it was my daughter.
0: Fun. She goes, "Mum, you can't city. have a clutter in the background." <laughs>
1: <laughs> beautiful. Um, and even my my husband is a trained actuary, so he just deals with numbers. And for me, numbers and music is so connected. There's a phenomenal book um, I read a lot. There's a book called um, Eternal Golden Braid by Douglas E Hofstadter and it's an imaginary conversation between Gödel, Escher and Bach. Mm. So a mathematician, a musician and an artist. And the connection between all three of those things is is beautiful because mm. all of Bach's compositions are based on mathematical patterns. Yeah, And so just to recognise a pattern in your organisation or to have sure. a... Uh, empathetic or dynamic conversation with someone requires creativity yes Uh, and just to be able to follow a conversation requires creativity It's the basis for theater sports and improvisation so I love that I think that the more we can make those connections and allow things to be open then Mm. more ideas are going to
0: Oh, absolutely! I think sometimes when we say the word creativity, well, I'm reminded back to the time in in high school where we were, you know, art classes, and I would often look at people and and look at what they drew and think, why can't I draw, you know, like an eye that looks in proper proportion and things like that? But creativity is so much more, isn't it? And I think um, as leaders and businesses, there, if we have a group of people around a boardroom table brainstorming ideas if we can provide an environment that enhances that encourages people to share ideas you could have the next multi-million idea that is starting to you know be germinated through that table what are some things when you think of creativity that you do maybe with your team or maybe for yourself that really allows you to follow a thought and and create you know ideas and brainstorm off that that you think my goodness that was fantastic because sometimes you come up with ideas that you, you would never have even hoped were possible when you allow you and give yourself permission what are some things that you do and maybe as a team too
1: um well i'm i can be a little bit out there <laughs> just because i come from a creative background so i kind of like to share some of my crazy ideas and yeah. and just say look don't don't put restrictions on things just mm. start with the obvious and then push the boundaries a little bit further and then push the boundaries a little bit further and then push the boundaries a little bit further and see what crazy ideas it doesn't matter if they're never going to see the light of day it doesn't matter if they're Wild like having a petting zoo for a you know, <laughs> your CFOs, oh, that's never going to happen, but then you kind of bring it back and think, okay, well, what what things could be slightly out of the box and mm. make them uncomfortable, but make them uncomfortable in a good way, yes. not in a they're never going to come back kind of way. Um, yeah, and thinking out of the box around who what the connections could be. And one of the things that um, I like to think that I'm quite good at is seeing connections between different people and how they can help each other. And I mm. like to make those connections, make sure that the conversations that they do. Again, there's a great uh, group that do that as business, which is heads over the heels. And they build networks for female founders because they feel that that's where um, support is liking for Australian female founders, which is a mm. fantastic business
0: model. Yeah. You know, uh, so I think yeah, continue. Just, sorry. No, <laughs> no, continue. That. I love that. I love that.
1: It is oh, it's a fantastic business. Um, but in an ideation workshop, so like and, and actually running an ideation workshop. So I know that sounds like a bit of a, um, for those who haven't heard the term before, it's it's a little bit of uh, uh, newty as a term, ideation. Uh, but <laughs> basically, just getting your ideas out on a on a board, yeah. and then figuring out which are the ones that are going to be the easiest and the most practical to land. Mm. Um, and then everyone feels like they're contributing, and everyone feels a bit creative, and yes. it creates a fantastic energy as well as creating fantastic ideas
0: yeah absolutely having someone who can lead beyond mm-hmm.
1: the barriers mm-hmm. is really important and if that isn't someone within the group then get someone outside in. Yes. and even when we're running a workshop i'll still get an external um workshop person out because then i i don't um because everyone has preconceived judgments about mm. the people they work with mm-hmm. and some people will like you and some people won't like you and having an external person in just removes any of that and those those emotional barriers yes can be barriers to getting that great idea so having somebody else lead it is sometimes a good idea as
0: well. yeah fantastic uh, as you're speaking i'm reminded many years ago i heard about a, a process and you might have heard of this before it's called the disney process i think it's the disney process but he uh, um created it with his team and he said there's three different um stages there's the dreaming stage then there is the critic stage or the realist stage and then there's the critic stage. And so what he did with his team apparently, he, he'd got everyone around the table and said, right, now we're just going to talk about the dreaming stage. We're coming up with ideas. And the reason they did that, and then they shifted through. All right, well, what are some questions? What are some of the realist questions that come forward? And then they went through that and then they went right back and said, right, now that we've gone through the dreaming stage and the realist stage, now we can critique some of those things. What are the answers that the critic needs? But the most important thing is that, you know, the people around the table who do have more of a realist idea is not to shoot that down, that idea down, because then you can go no further, but allow that process to go through. Then when they've gone through all three stages, they'll look at an idea and say, well, you know what, there's no real risk to that. I mean, there's obviously risk to some things, but we've identified some real flags. We've identified how to overcome those and, and some things that we need to put into place. That could be a really good idea or or no it's not but that three stages is fantastic in being able to nurture that around a, a, a room uh, or around a boardroom so um, and I've used that you know a couple of times myself in that process so loved our conversation today Vanessa how can people find out more about you tell us some of the exciting projects you're working on
1: oh well uh, I do have uh, my main job but also a couple of side hustles so I am um, my, my day job is working for Gartner, supporting multinational CFOs, but I'm also trying to influence them and introduce them to the world of startups. Because mm-hmm. having spent two and a half years working with fintech startups in Australia, it's a very exciting space yeah. with the growth and the innovation that's coming out of Australian startups. It's very exciting. Yeah. And we want to help multinationals create um, their Australian kind of uh, businesses as the innovation hub for their global business. So we're trying to help them make a shift as well in how they're perceived. And my side hustle is I still have a little bit of a finger in music and if anyone is interested in a phenomenal singer, my best friend is called Nina Ferrow and she has one of the best voices on the planet. And we're developing an Aretha Franklin show at the moment, wow. which will be a multimedia show. We're going to do a national tour um,
0: and so we've got a couple of works in the pro- yes.
1: project around that. So, yeah, I keep myself busy and yeah. the best way to connect with me is either on LinkedIn or Twitter
0: yeah fantastic and we'll put some links down on the show notes as well ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash W I L 99 Vanessa it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today lots of different things in in the discussion you know AI human relationships and and interactions creativity but I think you know as women in leadership whether we're in corporate or whether we're running our own businesses everything we spoke about today is so very important and please for, for people who are listening and watching today reach out to Vanessa um, as you can see she's very passionate about what she does and certainly a wealth and depth of knowledge as well so thanks once again for coming on the show my
1: pleasure thank you so much have a great day
0: you've been listening to women in leadership podcast brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. stand out be heard influence want to influence real change with your own podcast Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training.